yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Wecker, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. And today we're going to talk about two things. First, uh, the EU forcing us to use USB-C, which means uh, really the end of the road for lightning on iPhones. And secondly, we're going to look at the iPhone 13, iPhone 13 mini, iPhone 13 Pro, iPhone 13 Pro Max, iPad mini and iPad 9. And I'm joined by Mark Cavan, who's a technology writer for the Irish Mirror.ie and the Daily Star. Mark, you're welcome to the podcast. Cheers, Adrian. Mark, before I get into the hardware launches, USB-C is used by most Android phones. It's used by iPads. It's used by most electronics now. The European Commission says that to save on waste and to cut out all of the hassle and the messing with different chargers and different systems, it is going to uh, bring in a law that would mean that everyone has to use USB-C in two or three years' time. Most people will say, it makes sense. It does mean essentially the end of the road for lightning chargers on iPhones. Are we pleased about that? I am very pleased. I probably, like yourself, watched countless YouTube uh, video reviews of the new iPhones this week. And I don't think I watched one where the reviewer didn't complain about the fact that iPhone still uses the lightning port. However, the fact that the EU is maybe bringing this regulation in in 2024 would suggest that maybe it's not such a big deal for Apple, I would think, um, because I suspect they were going to get rid of it maybe next year or the year after anyway. The only other devices in the Apple family now using the Lightning port are AirPods Max and the AirPods Pro and AirPods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And also, we strongly suspect that the iPhone was going to move to a wireless charging system anyway in two years maybe next year, but probably two years' time. And the new EU rule does not mean that the charging connection to power the wireless charger has to be USB-C, even though it probably will be. So Apple could have a MagSafe charger to wirelessly charge your iPhone 15, say, or iPhone 16, without any charging port at all on the phone. 
Yeah, so the EU regulation by the time it comes in might not have a, any impact at all. Obviously, there's a lot of people that use older Apple devices. Like I know someone that bought an iPhone or an iPhone 7 last week and they were thrilled with themselves. Um, and that might seem like a, a pretty archaic phone uh, to be buying when you're in the tech reviewers bubble that we live in. But excuse me, you know, I talk for the, the I talk for the ordinary common man, Mark, and woman. But I don't know what um, bubble you're no, referring to. So obviously lightning cables are going to be around, I think, for a good few years yet because, you know, three or four years from now, people might be still buying iPhone 10s or um, iPhone 12s. So lightning port uh, is going to be needed or the cables are going to be needed to charge those older devices. I presume when the EU regulation comes in in 2024, they're not going to insist that Apple uh, stops making the chargers altogether or the no, cables I mean, altogether for I'm, older devices. Well, the, you know, it'll just be for newly made devices. And you're right, they can't knock them out because what else will Circle K sell, you know, at one o'clock in the morning other than those emergency little uh, lightning cables? Okay, that's that news. I'm going to go on to the big iPhone launches uh, of the week. And I've had a chance to review all of them. Do you want to hear my 20-second review after which you can turn this podcast off? If you, you know, if you just want the top line, do you want to hear my 20 seconds? I would love to hear your 20 seconds. Okay. I would also encourage, I would also encourage listeners to read your rather longer, uh, in-depth reviews of all four models, which you published yesterday on independent.ie. Really fantastic review. I have to say, I'm not just saying that now to blow your trumpet for you. Well, thank you. But did you notice the way at the beginning of the review that I, you know, just gave you four or five questions if you didn't want to read any of the technical specs? You know, should you do this if you're this type of person? Uh, should you get if you're moving from Android? Is it worth it if you're going from this phone? I actually kind of think that's what most people want. Anyway, in that spirit, here's my 20 second review of the iPhone 13. Get the iPhone 13 Pro. Don't really worry about getting the iPhone 13 or 13 Mini. Uh, well, enlighten us. Okay, here's the long version of that. The only major upgrade here is actually the iPhone 13 Pro. Even the iPhone 13 Pro Max, which is excellent and which I'm using at the moment, doesn't get the same scale of upgrade as the 13 Pro. And that's for two reasons. Number one, the screen. So the iPhone 13 Pro and the iPhone 13 Pro Max have this super duper new high refresh screen. You are going to say correctly that Android flagships have had this for two years, even three years. They have. But the fact is, it's now arrived on the iPhone 13 Pro and the iPhone 13 doesn't have it. That is a huge difference between those two models. That is the only reason that you would go from an iPhone 12 or an iPhone 12 Pro to an iPhone 13. There isn't any other reason really to go from an iPhone 12 to an iPhone 13. Yes, there is a bump in battery life. There's an hour and a half or two and a half hours, depending on whether you're going from the mini or the 13, have, the smaller have, phone. Have you found that to uh, have you found yes. that claim to stack up? Yeah. Yeah. So my typical day's use of a phone is something as follows. It's a it's a several hours of social media platforms. It's at least 30 to 60 minutes of hotspotting. It's plenty of emails, it's video on YouTube, it's radio, and it's plenty of calls and texts and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. On the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max, because I've tested both of them. I'm always left with at least half of the battery by four o'clock. Okay, so that's going from about eight o'clock in the morning, half eight. That's comfortable. That's comfortable. It's gotten to the point now where on the iPhone 13 Pro or Pro Max, there's almost no better flagship premium 
phone out there in the Androids that comfortably beats it. It used to be that the Samsung Galaxy Note was the battery king. You couldn't beat it. It it had these huge batteries. But physics has has played its part there. It, it its battery is now only about forty five hundred um, um, milliamps. It can't get any bigger, and it's not considerably better now than the thirteen Pro Max in my experience. So that's why if you're thinking of going from uh, if you're thinking of upgrading to an iPhone 13, you should definitely go to the iPhone 13 Pro or the Pro Max, in my opinion. It's the screen. I could whack lyrical about the cameras uh, as well. There is a huge bump there in the cameras. So the iPhone 13 Pro, for example, now gets a 3x uh, zoom, which is the same as the uh, 13 Pro Max. And it also lets in twice as much light because the sensors, the camera sensors on the phone are great. You can actually see it. Anyone who looked at my review, I actually have a, a close-up photograph of last year's iPhone 12 Pro, which I still have, alongside the 13 Pro, and you can see a giant, the giant difference in the size of the cameras on the back. Now, that's not all a good thing. If you plunk it down on the, on the table, it sort of wobbles a little bit, you know? For the cameras, it's great. Have you tested the cameras on all four devices? Yes. And would you agree with the comment I saw in one of the videos reviews online during the week that the two best camera phones now are the 13, which the reviewer said was better than any Android camera system. And he said the only camera system to beat it was the 13 Pro Stroke Stroke Pro Max. I wouldn't agree with that comment for one reason, because I think there are still people who value a good zoom and you don't get a good zoom on any of the iPhones. Yes, you get a now 3x optical zoom on the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max, which for most people is probably enough, especially because when you actually extend that in the digital zoom, you get up to 15x, and up to about 8 or 9x is actually pretty good and pretty clear. But on some of the Android phones, you are getting much, much bigger zooms. And I don't mean the fake 100x zoom on the, the Samsung Ultras. That's a load of baloney. That's just nonsense. They, they, that's blurry. It doesn't work. It's not a real zoom, in my opinion, having tested it. But if you look at our old friend, the Huawei P40 Pro, which, let's face it, hardly any of us are buying Huawei phones now because of the problems we've documented with Google. The camera on that the zoom on that is absolutely yeah. magnificent. I mean, it's magnificent. Now, is it better for ordinary portrait shots than the iPhone 13, 13 Pro? No. Is it better for video? Absolutely not. If you want to shoot clips, the iPhone 13 and 13 Pro, especially the 13 Pro, are the best. is the best you can get. It's gotten to the point where I'm going to the States, to the US for the first time, uh, in 10 days time and I'm going for four 10 days and I'm going to be taking shots and it's the first time I can remember I'm considering not bringing a proper big camera with me and I have a lot of cameras I'm a camera glutton and I'm considering not doing it because the iPhone 13 Pro is good enough I think I think that's 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 a bold statement, but I, I'm I'm well aware of your your enthusiasm for photography. So, yeah. um, I, I I'd be keen to to see if you go through with that and uh, how it works out. And I have two questions for you regarding the the iPhones that you've tested, mm. um, the mini and the standard iPhone 13. Yes. So do you think there's do you think there's no market for them, or does the mini naturally appeal to people who want a smaller phone? Apple is now probably the only manufacturer making a, a phone that's small. Yeah, the Mini is a funny one. I like the idea of a Mini. I like the fact that there is a Mini. 
I it fits much not, uh, more uh, neatly into your hand. And also, there is this thing when you're walking around with the pocket reshaping monstrosities that phones have become. And I include the iPhone 13 Pro Max in that 6.7 inches. It's heavier and thicker than last year's phone. So it does reshape the lining. I have so many pairs of pants and jackets. And you just look at the inside pocket or you look at the front jean pocket and it's just completely reshaped. Just these, this kind of, you know, rectangular thing. I'm glad it is rectangular. I can't be confused for, for, other, st- for other stuff. But, but it's totally misshapen pants, okay? And into this valley of vulgar monstrosity in one sense, you have this perfectly cute little iPhone mini. It's it really is quite nice. The only problem with it is that for everyone who says nobody wants uh, uh, these big phones, in fact, everybody wants the big phone. The iPhone mini, which was introduced last year, it was 12 mini, has actually struggled compared to the other models, according to reports. So it turns out if you go to any coffee shop or any shopping center on a Saturday or Sunday and you see the older gentlemen and ladies sitting around eating their buns and their coffees, Look at the phones that they're using, that they're smart. They're giants. They're like sick. They're the biggest phones they can get. Why? Because it's easier to see. It's easier to see. So who does an iPhone mini actually suit? I love the idea of it fitting in, in my pocket. The cameras on them are almost as good. I mean, they're they're totally as good as the regular iPhone at 13. And it's the same unbelievable engine under the hood. So it's fantastic in many ways. But people don't want small phones. Can you think? Can you think of a single Android phone that's under six inches in size? No, no, no. six. The the Sony uh, Xperia. I know they they don't even sell them in Ireland anymore. It's it's, it's very much a, a brand that sadly is uh, disappearing in over the horizon. But the Sony Xperia Five, which is the compact version mm. of their Xperia One phone, the the various iterations of it, Xperia One Two and Xperia Five Two, they are six point one inch, and Sony regards that as compact. So that just backs up your your point that yeah. yes, Android phones in general, or the Pixel Five was six inches, and that was seen as as quite a small Android phone. It is, it is. Um, people just don't want small devices or small phones, and I understand completely why. Now that means we're. You know, our thumbs are, my thumb, every time I get one of these big iPhones, my thumb goes to absolute pieces because I like, I I will always try and stretch my hands and my thumb gets all the way up to the address bar, although not in iOS 15 because the Safari address bar is now down at the bottom. But, you know, the temptation is there. Um, Yeah, so basically what I'm saying is if you have an iPhone 12, you do not want to upgrade to a 13 or a 13 mini. You may want to upgrade to a 13 Pro because of the screen and the cameras and maybe the battery life. If you have an iPhone 11 or anything before that, an XS or an XOR, 10S or 10S or as Apple calls them, absolutely, 13 is a great upgrade. It's really fantastic. But for last year's models, no. That's and if you want to know more about this, um, Mark referenced my review. It's actually the longest tech review I've ever written. It's three and a half thousand words. That's not actually a proud boast. Some people boast about how long their stuff is. That's a failure in a way. Like you should be able to 
summarize something in much fewer words than that. So what I do is I do a little summary at the top. Look, here's the plain English version. If you really want to know what I think and how I found these other features, um, like for example, there is one weakness in the iPhone 13 Pro camera. There's one weakness. They extended the zoom, the zoom lens. They changed, swapped out a 3x zoom lens for the old 2x zoom lens. Now that's fine. You think, brilliant, I'm going to have a, a, you know, a longer reach. And you do after 3x. What happens between 1x and 2x? Well, what happens is, especially between 2x and 3x, it stretches digitally the 1x lens photos that you're taking. Now, you know when you take a photo on your phone and mm. you see them and then you stretch, you, you sort of, you pinch in on them. You're losing a bit of resolution there. And that's what happens with those photos. So between 2x and 3x, the photos on the iPhone 13 Pro are actually worse than the 12 Pro. Okay? That's something that you, you won't have read because uh, you have to, I, I tested them both. Um, I mentioned it in the review, but you won't you won't see that referred to um, much. In every other range, though, um, it's better. The 13 Pro is better. So the 13 goes from 0.5x to 15x. In every range other than 2x and 13x, the 13 Pro is better. But between 2x and 3x, it's worse. And have you tried the macro camera and I the have. cinematic and the cinematic mode on video? Yes two things so the macro camera works on the 13 pro and it when you use the ultra wide lens it's a 0.5x lens it's three lenses 0.5x the normal 1x and the 3x that we've been talking about when you go into 0.5x and you get up really close to an object it it's it switches into what it's called a macro photography mode macro means super close up for anybody who's not up in their photography jargon you sometimes you'll see these macro photos of these spiders eyes or the hairs on their back that kind of thing now you're not going to you don't get that with 13 pro or pro max but what you do get is, for example, if you aim it at the center of a flower or it drops on a leaf, you'll get these nice bulbous kind of drops and you might see reflections. And it's quite a nice little mode. The only problem is at the moment, you've no choice. As soon as you get close to something mm. in a wide angle, it automatically goes into to macro mode and the quality is maybe not what you want. Maybe you wanted something else. Apple did say that they're going to add a setting to allow you to turn off the the automatic switch but uh, you mentioned the other one cinematic video um that's really impressive what is going on for those who haven't seen it if you take a video clip and let's say somebody walks into your video clip the phone will automatically recognize the face and immediately focus on the face and sort of defocus on other things in the foreground or the background. So it's creating this artificial depth of field and it looks very good. It's a good cinematic. The reason they call it cinematic mode is because if you have two people in a shot, you can go from face to face, foreground to background, and it looks like a professional cinema clip. It's a very, very nice effect. Um, you know, will people use it for TikTok? I don't think so. Will they use it maybe for some higher end projects as a B camera? Maybe, maybe, especially as it's going to shoot ProRes uh, video. And especially as you now have a one terabyte iPhone 13 Pro, which you'll need seeing as one minute of Pro ProRes video takes up six gigabytes of space. One minute of video hmm. for six gigabytes of your storage. So yeah, 10, 10 minutes of footage would, would eat into half of your 180 gig storage if you're on the, the entry-level model. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the one terabyte version, if you're getting the Pro Max, it's a it's one thousand eight hundred and fifty nine euro. How about that? I have a little iPhone tip, which I hope you don't mind me. Uh, I'm, yep. I'm not doing this uh, because of any brand association whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I was just doing a bit of research uh, this week ahead of the iPhones going on sale Friday, September 24. And I noticed that if you buy from Apple, they're doing some pretty decent trade-ins this year. So if you have got a 12 Pro Max or a 12 Pro, you can get up to 610 euro off from 80 to 610. That's not bad for a trade-in. But if you... Uh, wanted to buy the latest and greatest iPhone. I, like yourself, for many years, have been telling people not to get into two-year contracts. And I noticed on Harvey Norman, they have a tech credit deal on the iPhone 13, just a standard model. You can pay for it over 12 months. It only actually adds on 72 quid to the cost of the iPhone. So you're paying in 12 monthly installments rather than throwing all the money out in one go. And that only adds an extra 150 a week to the cost of your iPhone. I think that's a pretty good deal. I know that sounds like an ad for Harvey Norman. It's not necessarily because the credit company supplying the, the tech credit is not Harvey Norman. But I think that's a great option. And it's certainly better than you know tying yourself to a network operator deal for two years a deal that will be punitive and you'll end up paying way more than the base price interestingly you mentioned the operators you will so this is an example of how the operators work so if you want to buy the iphone 13 for example on prepay you'll get it if you buy it in the shop it costs you 929 euro that's the base entry level price that's for the 13 13 mini is 829 let's take the normal 929 standard iphone 13 if you buy it from an operator on prepay like vodafone for example they only charge you 850 for it and you're thinking well oh okay um i mean i'm not going into a contract here why are they giving it to me for 79 euro cheaper um with a prepay sim card than i would buy it for in a shop the reason is because they'll lock it to the network you know for at least what is it six months or more and if you look at the operators that give you that discount take vodafone for example i think the cheapest vodafone deal is it's either 25 or 20 euro what i would call i think it's 25 euro what i would call a proper monthly mobile deal that's 10 euro more than most of the standard high data uh, deals from the likes of gomo or 48 um or even vodafone's own clear mobile so they're clawing it back from you by the, the with the higher price um on the prepay uh so that's that's that listen let's talk about ipad mini because i know you did uh, look at that as well you've been playing around with it i think yeah, big, big fan of it. I know you're probably going to ask me the awkward question, uh, but, you know, what, why why would I prefer to use that than, than one of the bigger iPads? Well, do you? Uh, do, sorry, is that what you're saying? I Well, I wouldn't. I, it, certainly this week I've had great fun uh, testing it out. Um, I love the form factor. I love the fact that you now have USB-C charging on it. Um, but for working on, I suppose, I've always preferred, I prefer larger screen phones. And when it came to the iPad Pro, I'd always have gone for the larger model, the 12.9-inch well, model, rather. Yeah, well, let's be clear. So this is, I have it here as well. It's in this little cute little purple lilac-y kind of bookcase. If you get one, by the way, you should get the case because it makes it, it, turns it from just being a black slab into this little cute digital book thing. And um, you can't work on it. I, I, I mean, what I found was, I found it to be a very nice, cute little you know, 
couch accessory or a bed accessory or something. It's handy to watch stuff on, to browse stuff on, but there's no keyboard for it, for example. You can't. So in your line of work and my line of work, I think it's safe to say that an iPad, when we talk about working on it, one of the things that we find useful is that there are lots of keyboards that you can use with it. So if you need to do a quick email or write a quick article or something like that, you just put on the, the you know keyboard. And that's the same, by the way, with the, the basic iPad as well. The new one they released, the iPad 9, it's a decent smart keyboard. With Apple, Apple doesn't sell any keyboards for the mini. I was asking them about this. Look, who is this actually for? It's too expensive for kids. It starts at 569 euro. That's way up on what the mini used to cost. And it's way more than the basic iPad costs as well. So you're thinking, who's this for? Now, they they say that, oh, it can be really useful for pilots and architects and engineers. And if you're in the field, there's a lot of applications and, you know, you don't want to have a big iPad. Okay. But in your line of work and my line of work, for the type of work that we do, I agree. I tote, I'm all over the iPad Pro, all over. That's my main work computer. Um, you know, if I don't need to use a desk, that's my main work computer. Um, but I can't really use the iPad Mini for work. Yeah, for, but that, to be honest, which is that was probably the only the only setback I encountered in trying to use it as as a sort of a main device for mm. a week because I just found it more comfortable typing on 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 the keyboard, um, and you, you you couldn't write an article on on the Mini typing on the screen. But for lots of other things, everything from running virtual DJ apps to editing photos. I'm sure you did lots of that. I did. Great fun. And the second gen pencil is great. The kids love uh, Procreate, that new Adobe app as well, Fresco, Mm. and similar to Procreate. Um, Just fantastic. And the accuracy and the precision you're getting with the pencil is excellent. I like the mini for jotting down notes quickly. I compared it to someone during the week recently. I was testing the uh, Samsung Z Fold 3 and Mm -hmm. They obviously had the S Pen support on that for the first time, and that was a joy to use. But did you? Do you know what? Of- can I just can I just stop you? I had that. I tested that as well. If, if people don't know, what we're talking about this is the giant foldy out Samsung folds out to being a seven point six inch tablet with a little stylus. It's a clunky phone, but it folds out to become a huge big screen uh, inside. I don't get it. Well, I I, I wasn't going to enthuse about that. Uh, continually because what I was going to say was that I I did use the stylus I did enjoy using it but over the course Mm. of a couple of weeks the crease started to get to me but Mm. then when I got this iPad mini and I compared the experience of using the Apple Pencil with that whether for note-taking or using it for other functions and comparing that to the S Pen experience on the Z Fold 3 and there's no comparison Apple wins hands down Mm. now I know they're two totally different devices you can't really compare a phone to a tablet. But if we lived in another country where we could Well, uh, well sorry, get you can of- in this case, because the whole point of the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 is that it's supposed to fold out to become effectively a tablet. That's that's the whole point. Otherwise, you would just get, you know, an S21 Ultra or, or, or a phone like that. So I think it is a very, I think if there's any product that you would compare it to, it is exactly the iPad mini. The iPad Mini is a better device, in my opinion, and it's way cheaper. It's five six nine compared to nineteen hundred and ninety nine, which mm. is what the Z Fold three will cost you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think with Samsung, to give it credit, because I'm saying I don't know, I don't really get it, and the reason I say that is because I think it can be slightly awkward to unfold it, and you're walking down the street 
are you using it like a phone, like you would a phone when you're walking down the street, fold it out? No, because it has its own primary screen on the outside that you can use as a phone. So do you use it then when you go home on the couch and you're watching TV and you want to do a bit of browsing? Maybe, but the windows that you open and the browsers and the apps, the way they're shaped, they're not really much better than they are in a phone. They're certainly not better than they would be on the likes of an iPad mini. So then you're left thinking, okay, well, who is this? I mean, kudos to Samsung for putting out folding phone. Genuine kudos to them. That is innovative. And we should be grateful that some of these companies are creating new things. But who is getting great benefit out of a phone that folds out like that? Like for watching YouTube or Netflix, for example, you don't get any benefit because this folds out essentially to be a square. Netflix or YouTube or Amazon or Disney, they're rectangles. So when you're watching... You're watching a video that's almost exactly the same size as it is in a normal size flagship phone because it's a rectangle across the center square. So I think the only person it might benefit is maybe somebody who signs a lot of documents, maybe. It's an expensive uh, piece of kit for that purpose, mm. isn't it? Um, I believe um, someone in retail told me this week that the the other foldable, the uh, and I know we're off topic here, but the uh, the Flip 3 is selling like hotcakes is it and the but the fold three is uh is not capturing the public's imagination no which if we're if we're if we're honest even as tech reviewers we probably knew Mm. that would be the case it's a very it's a very chunky device to uh it is it's hefty now in fairness samsung has slimmed it a little bit but i agree with it's hefty and i can i can see the appeal of the flip as well i did review the flip and i quite liked it i mean it's not quite as fast as some other phones use but when you fold it over from a tactile point of view and I said it, it's kind of gorgeous and it slips into your pocket and it's really nice uh, to hold and feel and touch and so from an aesthetic point of view it's actually lovely it's a lovely device to use and it's also now a lot cheaper than it was but the fold 3 I I think they still it feels to me still like a, a drawing board gadget that's looks and sounds interesting but still waiting for you know for real world use I say it again, buy an iPad mini instead. The thing that I loved about the mini, uh, probably as much as the form factor was the processor. If you, if you did splash out on that Adrian, whether for kids or otherwise, and you spend five, six, nine on it, I know it's a big jump. You're not going to, listen, can we just, you're not going to buy that for kids unless you're, so it's five, six, nine plus a cover case. So you're an hour over 600 euro. But if you buy it for yourself, you're going to get four or five years out of that. That processor is so fast. Yeah. It's even faster than last year's iPad Air. It's absolutely incredible. Um, the well, it's, it's the exact same processor the, that's in the iPhone 13 Pro Max. And that and that is an order of magnitude. That's not an order of magnitude, but that is considerably faster than the current fastest Snapdragon uh, processor that is in um, the top Android phones and devices and tablets. So, yes, this will this last you five years. But... No, for kids, I, unless you've got loads of money, I, I suspect you're going to still be going back to your 179 euro Samsung Tab 8 or whatever, which will do YouTube and for kids and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's not a disaster if the screen cracks 600 quid. I don't know. Maybe for a confirmation. 
I'll certainly be bringing mine everywhere. I wouldn't necessarily do that with, say, the iPad Pro. Um, mm. I would if I was going on a work trip or I was I was I was going anywhere where I needed it for for a work related task. But in terms of just bringing a tablet with me, the Mini is coming everywhere with me now. Absolutely love it. Okay, listen, that's a good place to wrap it up. Mark Cavanagh, technology writer with the IrishMirror.ie and the Daily Star. Thanks a million for joining us today. And if you want to uh, read any more about the products we've been talking about, you'll find it liberally on independent today probably on the mirror.a as well i would say or, or, or the daily star to 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 give you, your your, your uh, publications a bit of a plug there and uh, we will be back with you same time next week so thanks a million bye-bye